Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss. This is episode 105. We are pleased to have a returning guest. He is out of the UK and has been doing a Kickstarter project that's currently running and has um, had success in the past with another one that he kind of ran. And I'm referring to Mr. Michael Fox with Little Metal Dog and his game company Sprocket Games. Michael, did I get all your titles right? Uh, pretty much. Uh, Lord of the Universe is the, the one I'm working towards for the next one. Perfect. And, and whenever <laughs> you say that with an English accent, it sounds so authoritative. I and sinister. Yes. I will be Lord of the Universe one day. And all Americans go, we believe you. <laughs> <laughs> whenever there's a sinister sci-fi space guy. I see. He has to have the English accent because, yeah. of course, all of the English are, are, are terribly evil people. That's right. <laughs> it's surprising they weren't the first ones to the moon with all all of that going on. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Kickstarter. There's been some exciting news coming out of uh, the UK and Kickstarter, right? Yeah, it's um, actually pretty much four weeks to the day of our recording. Uh, Kickstarter is now not just in America. You can uh, you can now launch Kickstarter projects if you're here in the UK, uh, which is exciting because it you know it, it opens up a whole new world of, of creative stuff uh, for for people to investigate and get involved with and um, and then there's me as well sitting in the corner with a little game so let's talk about that so i've had uh, lawrence o'brien who you know and mm-hmm. um mr jengis dervis on the show and we talked and that was i think that was right before the launch of kickstarter in the uk so there were my two brits that came in mm. um tell me though why because Honestly, there have been successful United Kingdom projects before. Why did why did we have to have uh, the UK Kickstarter in the UK in order for there to be success? What, what's your perspective on that? Well, I, I think the issue was was with uh, Kickstarter themselves. It was with their regulations that you needed to have somebody in the well, either in the United States or somebody with access to a United States bank account. That was the uh, the major falling point for a lot of people. And so just they just couldn't hook up with uh, an American that they could trust. Is that what it was? Yeah, because, of course, you know, while all the English are evil, you, uh, you Americans are all um, infinitely untrustworthy. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But no, it, 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 it's, uh, it, it does seem to be entirely down to, uh, to the rules and regulations and stipulations that Kickstarter uh, did have. But, of course, now we have our own set of rules and regulations that we must follow if you're, uh, if, if you're backing uh, sorry, if you're creating a, uh, a project in the UK. However, it all goes into the big same Kickstarter site, Kickstarter bucket. So, And let's talk about and, – and there has been some excitement. In just this past 30 days, there's a couple of projects you've pointed out to me on uh, Kickstarter that are UK-based that have just gone bonkers. Is that, is that a British yeah. word? Can I use that word, bonkers? Is that – that sounds good. I like right. it. It was very well used. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, so the one thing that we've definitely noticed over here in the UK is it seems that a lot of the com- a lot of companies, especially a lot of uh, video game companies, uh, three in particular, have seen what has happened in the states with companies like uh, like uh, Tim Schafer and Double Fine, uh, where they will go to people saying, look, we've got this, we have this idea for a game and we'd really, really like you guys to help support it. However, the three games that I've really, really noticed are, they, they all have certain things in common. Number one, they're all 
kind of based back in the 80s, the late 1980s, the early 1990s. They all have roots there. So uh, one is called Godus, which is uh, based on the old Populous game from way, way back in the day. Uh, there's another one for Elite. Uh, it's actually called Elite Dangerous, but it's based on the old Elite game, uh, which was released on pretty much every format in the world ever. And uh, another one called Dizzy Returns, which is based on a long-running series of uh, Spectrum games, uh, again, from the 1980s. And a couple of them are doing very well, so and one of them is about, not so. So they, and they are doing very well. So if we take a look at, uh, if we got, got would you, Goddess, right? Uh, yeah. Goddess, or however you pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Oh, uh, well, let's go Goddess. That sounds... But it makes people think it's spelled differently. It's G-O-D-U-S. Mm-hmm. So and they are asking for uh, uh, four hundred and fifty thousand pounds, because uh, of course we do it in pounds over here, not dollars. I, sound, I feel like I'm in a gold a gold member movie here. Um, One billion dollars. Okay, so four hundred fifty thousand pounds, however much that is in American dollars, we don't know. And they've raised one hundred and seventy thousand pounds with sixty five hundred mm. backers. That sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot, but. I mean, can you imagine your, your average, shall we say, standard Kickstarter project, if it got 6,500 backers? It would be amazing, but this isn't even... I mean, it, it's just over a third of the way to its funding, which is insane, <laughs> really. It is, and it has three weeks to go. So uh, indicators would be that... Let me just go to Kick Track and take a quick look. Indicators would be that it's probably going to make it. Mm. Um, we are at day... Uh, it's going to be close, actually, according to KickTrack. KickTrack, you want to watch on day 8, 9, and 10. So tomorrow will be the better indicator. It looks like it's going to make it, but it might just squeak by. And that's Goddess, G-O-D-U-S. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so the thing is, is I haven't backed a Kickstarter project in the UK before, and it is different. So I just went to back your project. Let's talk about mm. your project real quick. It's called... Uh, it's called Keep Running, uh, a nice, quick... Well, actually, nice is probably the wrong word for it. It's a quick and nasty game. Does it have zombies? It has no zombies, but it does have a ferocious bear. Oh, okay. Keep running sounds just like zombies. That that would be a perfect <laughs> Is it a zombie bear? It could well be. It's, it's, it's very menacing if you oh. look at uh, the images that we've got for him. Uh, oh. There's actually only one image up at the moment, and he has terrifying red eyes. Uh, okay. So uh, keep running. It's a card game, if you if I understand right, right? Yeah, card game with a bit of dice element to it. So the uh, the idea behind it is uh, the apocryphal story of the guys in the woods, and suddenly a you know there's two guys in the woods. Suddenly a bear leaps out and starts chasing them because of course it's hungry and it wants its dinner. Uh, one of the guys stops, pulls on his trainers, and the other one turns to him and shouts, "Why are you? Why are you running away? What? What? You, what why are you pulling on those trainers?" You're never going to be able to outrun the bear. And, of course, he doesn't need to outrun the bear. He just needs to outrun the first guy. Uh, So this is the game that is essentially based around that story. However, it's for between three and eight players. So there's a lot of confrontation, a lot of take back, and it's a combination of card management and uh, a little bit of dice rolling just to sort of work out uh, turn order. So, yeah, it's, it's good, I would say. No, screw it. It's great. It's great. And this is not your first game. No, it's not my first um not my first visit to the visit to the well as it were. Uh, cuz of course you and I we we first met over 
my first game, which was a co-design uh, called Ace of Spies. That's correct. Ace of Spies, which is currently in production with uh, Albino Dragon Games. Eric Dahlman uh, is running that. It should be coming, according to the updates, coming soon. Yeah, apparently we've just had an update come out, uh, like literally within the last couple of hours, where apparently it should be hitting people's tables in January. So that sounds positive. That will be exciting. I, uh, I we have waited a long time, and it's been a lot, a lot of fun to have gone through that process. And that was an example of uh, Ace of Spies, where you not having the ability to do it there in the UK. I uh, uh, worked with Albino Dragon, which I had been a part mm-hmm. of at the time, and we were able to get the game uh, done that way. Yeah, and you know, it worked. It, you know, we we got the project funded, which is exactly what it, what we wanted to do from it. That's right. And so this time, though, it's slightly different. And so here's one of the things I wanted to talk about: is that when I go to back your project, mm. uh, um, it's it's not handled the same way as if it was a U.S. based company. I see. No, you got. Yeah, we don't have Amazon payments. So I believe uh, you just use a you just use a, a bank card or credit card and yes. you can pledge the money that way. You have to give your credit card information to Kickstarter, and then it says here I'm uh, here and it says my card will not be charged at this time. If the project is successfully funded, my card will be charged the one million pounds that I just pledged. I did. Oh, thank heavens for that! We yeah. funded. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Your credit uh, was declined. Oh, really. <laughs> Try the other one. So um, it is a little bit different. So anybody who's backing the project needs to be aware that it's going to be a slightly different experience for backing this project. Tell me, though, Mm. with your game, uh, Keep Running, Mm. do you feel that by having it as a UK-based game that you're targeting mainly UK-based backers? Well, the idea behind Kickstarter has always been that it's it's a worldwide thing. Anybody can, can back a project that they see there. However, I think we've got a it, – it's an issue that I've already noticed, and that is an issue that you guys picked up on when we were doing, uh, when we were doing Ace of Spies, which is the, uh, the ever-overbearing one of shipping. Yes. Now, if you're shipping stuff in the States, for some inexplicable reason that I really can't work out, pretty much every single US-based Kickstarter that has a, uh, a, that has a physical element – it will offer either dirt cheap or free shipping. However, obviously in the UK, if we want to get stuff sent over to the States, it's going to cost us a little bit. Like the, the game itself costs, uh, it, it costs just over £7 to, to get a copy of the game shipped. And I'm finding that a lot of people are reticent to take, the, you know, to take that leap because they've been used to this free or cheap shipping. Part of it for is such it, a long time. So here in the U.S., a game like Ace of Spies or uh, Keep Running is going to cost about $5 to ship. And it's the U.S. Postal mm-hmm. Service that has a little box and has a little catchy phrase that if it fits, it ships. So they have certain boxes that you get from the post office yeah. for free. And you put your little thing in there. And if it fits, it's a flat rate no matter how much it weighs. You could put bricks in there uh, or feathers and it's the same amount of price. Mm-hmm. anywhere in the U.S. The problem is, is that when you do a Kickstarter project and say international shipping, it's not just to the U.K. It might be to Brazil or Singapore. Yeah, it could be, or Australia or anything. Or and China. every other country is going to cost a different amount of money. It is. And that's, I think, what causes the, so much grief. We experimented with Ace of Spies to say, let's see, what happens if we just gave the shipping away for free and just ate that as part of the cost? Mm. It did not 
what we discovered is it did not generate a large number of backers outside the U.S. Uh, and so that, that international shipping thing continues to be a bit of a challenge. So in your case, how are you going to deal with that? Because well, now, now you're going the other direction. Yeah, well, what we've gone for is um, a, a £7 flat rate for all international shipping, whether you buy one copy of the game, whether you buy three copies of the game, uh, you go for one with the whole lot of with all the promo stuff that you can get with it. So there's like um, limited edition signed prints and there's badges and, and all, you know, nice, nice things that would look lovely on, in, on anybody's wall or shirt. Um, how, but much, how, that, much, how much flat rate? How much? So that's seven pounds, which works out at about 10 to $11. Yeah, let's just take a quick look here on XE.com. Yeah, $11.21. Cool. So that, though, I mean, that is that covers shipping to Europe. Uh, it's ever so slightly under how much it will cost to actually ship stuff to the, to the States. And then if we think about and, – and Canada, of course, as well, because, you know, you guys are, are pretty much next door to each other. Uh, but anything outside of that, so shipping stuff to Asia, shipping stuff to Australia, we will be taking a – quite major hit on that and in all honesty i think it's something you've got to do you can't just go okay so we're gonna it'll cost x amount of money for this region x amount of money for that money for that region i think you've just got to settle on one amount of money and hope that people will will realize what you're trying to do i mean you, you, you've got to make it as as reasonable an amount as as you can but i mean there's no way that we could take the hit on shipping especially if we're hoping to try and get as many backers in the States because that's where the largest market is. It is. That's where the people who know Kickstarter, use Kickstarter, are familiar with Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, or you could, I guess, yeah, it gets complicated, obviously. The shipping makes it complicated. And so in your case, uh, how about manufacturing? Because that's something else that we always talk about. Um, are you manufacturing? Where are you manufacturing your game? Well, one thing we really wanted to do with uh, with Keep Running was have our eyes on it at pretty much all times. So the whole game is going to be produced here in the UK. Everything, every single component. So our dice are, are sourced from the UK. Uh, art. Everything down to the inst- art is sourced. Well, art is sourced from my wife. Okay. <laughs> because she, cause she's a very talented artist, which is, you know, fantastic fantastic to have somebody like that in the family um everything is uk based which means that if any issues arise we don't have to wait weeks or whatever for proofs to come over from uh, from china we only have to wait a matter of days for it to be delivered or even ne- you know the same day if we're lucky enough to catch something early right right on on top of that we also have the added bonus i suppose of that if any issues do arise with the games when they're sent out we can deal with them very very quickly again in a matter of moments as opposed to hours or days or even longer than that it's important i think we need to we need to get this whole thing of games taking a long time to come through out we we can we should be able to turn around a game a card game especially in a matter of weeks as opposed to a year in a year i mean look at look at um glory to rome for example the turnaround on that the the black box edition was something like eight centuries so we need to show people that you can do it quickly and you can deliver a very very good quality product not just the not just the game 
components itself but also you know how it plays whatever but you can do you can deliver a very very good quality thing to people's tables to play with a short within a short space of time because people are getting bored of this huge delay from end of project to it actually arriving they are i think uh kickstarter has evolved in the past year that we've uh, you know we've been involved with it uh it has matured in some ways particularly it seems like the game space which has been glacially slow in every other aspect of it as an industry, has moved mm. with lightning speed when it comes to Kickstarter. Uh, that it has evolved, adapted, modified, and Kickstarter has changed around it. It has been the tail literally wagging the dog mm. um, when it comes to the Kickstarter thing, the board game. I'm talking about tabletop games. Yeah, and it's interesting because that has terrified an awful lot of gamers, an awful lot of people who are, who are almost stuck in the old ways you know, say, so, well, I, I, I'm, I, they see almost as this, this great pretender coming in and, and ruining their hobby. But, you know, it, what we're doing uh, with Keep Running is you can actually try the game out for yourself for nothing. You can try it for free by downloading a free print and play. It's the full game. And you can download it, you can play the whole thing yourself. And if you like it, fantastic. Back us. Brilliant. If you don't like it, then. All you've lost is 11 sheets of paper and a bit of ink. And I, I think more and more companies on, on Kickstarter are getting into this. They're providing at least a stripped-down version of their game for people to try out. And it's a great evolution, and I don't think people should be scared of it. There's no, there's no point. No, there's not. Uh, but you're right. It has generated a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uncertainty just because of change. Uh, a lot of things changing with it. And we're, and we're still seeing it change. Even within the Kickstarter itself, changes are yeah. happening. Well, we only have a couple of minutes here. Tell me a little bit about, as we wrap up, the game environment of the UK. Gaming is a very strong tradi- has a strong tradition in the UK, right? And we're talking about tabletop gaming. Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody and their aunt has uh, that cupboard filled with the classics. So, you know, the usual like Monopoly and Scrabble, whatever, that will occasionally come out at Christmas and arguments will ensue and you know the usual however over the past few years especially there's been this this glorious renaissance of tabletop gaming coming back i mean obviously for the vast majority of us who've who've been interested in gaming for a while it never really went away but more and more people are getting into the hobby and obviously this is almost a uh, you know it's a global thing we have you know we've got will wheaton doing tabletop which is getting loads and loads of people who would never normally be right. interested in games getting into it um, really? because it's, it's, it's seen as a thing to do. It's growing more fashionable, whereas us lot who've, who've been sat playing Arkham Horror for years and years and years, we're, well, I'm hopeful, hopefully, we're welcoming them into the hobby and saying, yeah, and check out all this other cool stuff that you can play as well. We don't have to be ashamed of the fact that we're closet gamers. No, right. we, we're, coming out, we're coming out of the closet in style. We are, and it has, and it has generated, and it's, and it's generating revenue. You're seeing more and more organizations, companies uh, here in the U.S., we call them big box stores, Target, Walmart, mm. Barnes & Noble, carrying more and more of what we would have considered the traditional hobbyist board games. That's it, and we're, see, we're seeing the, the roots of that happening here as well. Uh, the, the largest books, uh, bookstore chain over here in the UK is called Waterstones, and they've essentially handed over the power to, uh, to buy games wholesale from you know, the major distributors here in the UK. Uh, it, essentially, 
one person from each store is responsible for it. So if they want to really invest some time and and try their damnedest, they can go straight to a Stevium. They can say, we want to get some games. Can you recommend stuff to us? And you're seeing more and more, a, a wider variety of games. And in many of the stores, a great selection as well. Yes, like you are. Of really good, really cool new titles. Yep, a lot of good stuff uh, is popping up. Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm actually going to be going to my uh, my local store this weekend where I'm going to be demoing uh, a whole load of games that people will, you know, the vast majority of people will never have heard before. Yep. So we'll be breaking out Pandemic. We'll be breaking out the Game of Thrones board game just to show people that there's an awful lot more stuff out there, and it's just it's an exciting time. It and I hope, the, I, I hope the Keep Running gets to be a part of that as well. Well, we'll see. Uh, if, it, uh, if it doesn't make it this time, it'll certainly make it the next time. So uh, for those who are listening that like to back it, it's called Keep Running. It's on Kickstarter. Our guest has been Michael Fox, the voice behind the Little Metal Dog Show, which is a great podcast on gaming, and the genius behind Sprocket Games. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Richard. It's an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, episode 105. My guest has been Michael Fox. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you've had, heard something that's been inspiring and that we can look forward to seeing your next creative project on Kickstarter so that we can back it. Thanks for listening. Take care.